Hi there, you're listening to the Learning Design Podcast, powered by ITCLO Learning Innovation. I am Alessia Messuti, and today I'm joined by Nora Soler Pastor, web and graphic designer with experience of e-learning material design and development. Nora is also part of Rise Up, a multidisciplinary young studio based in Barcelona, specializing in design and visual communication services. Today, with Nora, we will talk more about graphic design and visual design applied to e-learning development. Welcome, Nora. Thanks for joining today. Your contribution is particularly helpful as we approach the topic of e-learning development, whether it has to do with the courseware development or content development. Hi, Alessia. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here today. Hi, Nora. Glad you're here. And of course, I'm interested in hearing your opinion. As part of the process, we recognize the value of visual methods and tools that allow every e-learning project manager to deliver effective e-learning. Of course, e-learning is the result of many expertises and many experiences brought up together, uh, subject matter expertise, learning design, technology design, etc. So once we are in the field, we also learn to wear multiple hats. So now we would like to talk with you about the purpose of visuals and information graphics in e-learning, since this is your um, area of uh, experience and expertise. What is your opinion about uh, using visuals in e-learning? When used correctly, graphic resources such as pictures, graphs, icons, etc. can greatly enhance student or user engagement. They can explain complex concepts, illustrate abstract ideas, or simply visually balance a content-heavy segment. However, not every type of graphic resource will work in an e-learning scenario. One must know which resource is correct in a specific context. For example, For an abstract concept that is repeated throughout the whole e-learning scenario, such as teamwork or leadership, a recognizable icon could be a visually appealing way for the users to identify such an abstract concept easily. However, if the trainer wants to illustrate or refer to a specific real-life object or item, such as um, the growth rings on a tree or the individual parts of a motor, a photo or realistic illustration will work better because it's closer in shape to the specific object it refers to. I would say also that when, taking, when talking about people, like the CEO of a company or a historical figure, a photo will also work best. <laughs> Thanks, Nora. So, if I understood it well, you are suggesting that using photos rather than graphics or icons might be easier. Uh, what is the advantage of using uh, photos and when do you suggest we should use them? In general, photos are a good way to offset a content-heavy segment. Illustrations can do the same, but they are time-consuming to make and it's difficult to find a royalty-free illustration database. And you also have to keep in mind style consistency throughout the project, so that's another hurdle. Royalty-free photos, on the other hand, are easy to find in a wide variety of styles, so time, price, and consistency of style are not issues. Hmm, okay, I, I got it, but what if we want to keep an eye open for icons and graphics? Sometimes these elements are very handy to overcome gender bias and geographical bias. 
So what tips can you give us if we want to use icons and graphics in our e-learning project development? When should we use them? In general, when using graphs or icons, my principle is less is more, both regarding colors, complexity and text. The main use of graphs or infographics, let's not forget, is to help the user understand certain concepts, so it's counterproductive to make convoluted graphs or add a lot of text to an infographic. It's important to plan and structure the information one wants to display in a way that is efficient. The same can be said when using colors. It may seem a small issue, but sticking to a palette of no more than four colors both gives the e-learning course a consistent graphic identity and avoids unnecessary visual complexity that could distract learners. Okay, thank you, Nora. This is a really useful tip to keep in mind. And uh, since we are approaching the end of the, of the podcast as well, any resource or database that you would like to recommend us uh, to the instructional designer that are listening out there? Any specific tool that might become useful during e-learning development? Finally, I would like to recommend some databases and websites to find royalty-free or Creative Commons licensed graphic resources, such as Unsplash which offers thousands of high-quality photos, or the known project that is a reliable source for icons, also under a CC license. For graphs, Flourish is great because it allows the user to create interactive graphs and embed them on a website or Moodle. H5P, on the other hand, makes it easy to create interactive content, not only graphs, by providing arranged content types for various needs, such as charts, image sliders, interactive videos, the content can be also embedded on website or Moodle. So, with a bit of planning, structuring, and taking advantage of these resources, any trainer can create a rich and engaging e-learning experience, and will in doubt, rely on your trusty designer. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the eLearning Design podcast, a series of episodes to freely talk about eLearning design in the development sector. Stay tuned, more updates from learning innovation soon.